button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and give us a five-star review. It's me, it's your girl, it's your co-host, Michaela Perkins, and I'm joined by the one, the only, my lovely co-host, Chirsten Sussell. Hi, cheers. Hi, I was jamming out to that song right there. I know, right? It kind of gets you amped. Like, it's Friday, I'm like in a good mood, I'm excited. Um, in case you're wondering why this looks the way that it does, it's because we've got some exciting changes happening to this podcast, and we're testing a few of them out now. The full changes will be revealed next week in a brand new revamped The Phoenix Sports Podcast, and I'm freaking stoked. I don't know how you feel about it. It's been a long time coming. We've been doing a lot of th- things behind the scenes yes. to get to this point. So when it finally launches next week... I might shed a tear because, like, I'm so pumped. <laughs> I'm going to cry. I'm so yeah. excited for this new Phoenix Sports podcast. I don't think anybody realizes what's about to hit them. <laughs> and I could just be, like, tooting my own horn, but I'm so excited about it. It's going to be awesome, you guys. We've got a lot of stuff planned. So. No shortage of confidence on this show. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Um, if you're in the chat, say hi, say hello. We'd love to include you in our show. If you're on Twitter, move over to YouTube and make sure you comment in the section in YouTube so that we can include you. A few of you are here already. Hi, Chris. Hello, Ernesto. Hi, Charles. Good to see you all. Thanks for joining us. We've got a great show planned for you today. A lot of questions, Chirsten. A lot of things to talk about. Big questions weighing on all of us. Yeah, a lot of questions that we're going to ask and hopefully answer to the best of our abilities. And then at the end, uh, we have a few special surprises a few uh, aliases, I might might say, to come yeah, on the so show. It was a surprise to me as well. <laughs> so make sure you tune in for this whole thing. We've got a ton of great stuff planned. But let's get into our big cues, our big questions. Um, this is a graphic, full disclosure, that our producer Sean made. And I don't understand the reference. <laughs> It looks like Come a scary on. movie. It's the Riddler from Batman. <laughs> um, yeah. No. The new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson? Seriously? Nope. No. I haven't seen it. Oh, I need the chat to back me up. I'm on definitely this. gonna on. say like A plus with your your graphic skills, but I do not know what that is either. I don't understand it. I have no idea what I'm that is. <laughs> embarrassed to be a part of the show. Um, but it's cool. I will give you that. It's really cool. So um, I'm sorry that my pop culture knowledge is totally lacking in that area, but it is what it is. You know how I am with my pop culture stuff. I think we should start off with the Suns because uh, the Suns have most recently moved into off-season mode, and there is a big question when it comes to the Suns, and that is whether or not they are going to re-sign DeAndre Ayton. Oh, man, Tirsten. This is a Big thing to talk about because there's a lot of layers to this problem that I definitely didn't realize until we started digging deeper into this. I think if the Suns had would have gone on to win a championship, like I think a lot of us were expecting them to, I think their offseason goals would have been so much simpler. Because I think, you know, if you look at what the Suns are facing now, a lot of this doesn't exist if a championship was being considered into this. I think their offseason goals moved to no doubtably signing re-signing DeAndre Ayton. I mean, he's a part of a championship team. I think that would have there would have been enough time for him to prove whether or not he deserved that that to be re-signed. And um obviously now with them not winning a championship and the game seven performance being factored in, there's a lot of questions about DeAndre Ayton. Um, but if they had won a championship, I think all of those questions would have been answered. I think, you know, re-signing DeAndre Ayton at that point is a no-brainer. See, so I disagree with that. Really? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not they won a championship. I think it has everything to do with his individual performance and the way that his, I don't want to say his character showed in in the last game of the season, but a lot more was brought to the surface that might have been going on behind the scenes that we were not privy to. Um, and I, I think it is just a combination of his individual performance and, and the issues that he has, um, with Monty and whoever else. Cause I, I don't think any of us really knew that that stuff was going on behind the scenes. I know we, we all knew that Deandre has had character, um, questions previously as a young guy, um, maturity, but, uh, maturity. I, I just don't think that anyone thought that he and Monty had been butting heads necessarily though. So um, I think if they had, if he had played better in the postseason, even if they didn't win a championship, like if his performance was better, um, and if there was no character issues whatsoever, then mm. we'd be talking about something different. Okay, but because it it came, you know, because everything happened the way that it did, and that last game hadn't. <laughs> was not all on DeAndre Aiden for no, sure. No, no, no. But when you've got everything is sort of a dumpster fire around you while you're about to, you know, be sent to vacation and it's a historic loss and absolutely embarrassing and you're at home and now you've got your head coach saying you quit on us and you're butting heads. You've got now like... It's it's almost funny how it was like reported. It was like Mr. Orange and Lil Wayne were like the insiders. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> welcome in, welcome into Sun's culture because this is how we get our news. Our inside <laughs> source, Lil Wayne. <laughs> Lil Wayne was shedding light um, into and the the conversation that was going on between Body and uh, and DeAndre Ayton and Mr. Orange, super fan Mr. Orange that we all know and love here in the Valley, was also tweeting out some information from what they could tell was was the dynamic and what was going on in that situation but anyway that's a long way of saying like I just don't think it had anything to do with him winning a championship I just think it was all like on DeAndre Hayton's shoulders himself like how he performed um and what his behavior and character was like yeah see I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that but I also think like uh just the Suns overall performance especially in that second series against the Mavericks I think lent us it kind of like peeled back some layers that like you were talking about that like maybe we hadn't seen before in the Suns team but I think and I know this is a completely hypothetical situation and we're playing a hypothetical situation here but like let's say like the the Suns beat the Mavericks right game seven goes a completely different way the Suns win I don't think you have that situation with Monty and DA they go on they play the Warriors they hopefully beat the Warriors they make it to a championship they beat whoever comes out of the east I just think the narrative around this team is so different and it's all because of how game seven went that we're in the position that we're in now so obviously like playing hypotheticals is a little bit difficult because it's all about like the what ifs and like what didn't happen and the only thing that we do know happened is that they did lose game seven they got bounced out of the playoffs by the Dallas Mavericks they didn't make it to the Western Conference finals and I mean game seven was pretty much like a meltdown like I don't think no, I've we've seen never seen anything like it a, a, it was horrendous to watch like the Suns not at one point in that game were in that game you could tell from the jump they went down so early that the Suns did not show up to play that game after such an historic season, a 64-win season, that's how they came into the playoffs, and that was crazy to see. So not only did they get blown out on the court by the Mavs, you have D.A. being benched, the altercation that you mentioned between Monty Williams and D.A., 
happening. Um, you know, Monty saying to DA that you quit on us. Monty and his postgame presser saying it's internal. You know, DA being visibly upset on the bench. Like, it was literally such a meltdown that I, like, I'm still recovering from it emotionally. <laughs> like, I'm having a hard time processing what just happened. Although, I will say watching the Mavs lose to the Golden State Warriors was a little bit, made me feel a little bit better. You know, I'm, I'm petty like that. But, um, so now we have the situation that you're talking about. We're in the situation where... DA and Monty are having some public disagreements. And the question now is with DA being an unrestricted or sorry, a restricted free agent heading into this offseason, what do the Suns do? And I'm having a hard time with this. Yeah, because there's no clear answer, at least for me, where it's just like, oh, my gosh, all you have to do is like resign him like he wants a max deal. I felt like there was a reason that he didn't get that deal last offseason. Um, and which, by the way, you could also play hypotheticals had they signed him to that max deal that he wanted. Maybe some of the internal butting of heads never happens at all whatsoever. There's there's a ton of different avenues that you could say, well, what if this would that have still happened? You know, like whatever the case is. So uh, but anyway, it's like, you know, he's there's only a few things that you can do. You can re-sign him. In order to do that, he's going to want that max deal, which is going to put you into some trouble with. uh, with the uh, with the luxury tax, you're going to be paying a boatload of money to be able to do that. Uh, you can do a sign and trade, or you can let him walk. And so you look at all those options, and it's like, dang, yeah. um, man, there's no like, there's no simplified. <clears throat> of course, this is a no brainer situation. So it's just like, my thing is, is you either you, you're kind of you're not forced to to re-sign him but i think it would be in the sun's best interest to go ahead and try to make a deal with him unless you can get a guy like kevin durant everything else that i've seen that's like a hypothetical tra- uh, sign and trade situation that could possibly pan out for me yeah. like i don't look at any of those situations and i'm like oh my gosh absolutely they should do that it's like for what why would you like you're downgrading your roster yeah um and so the situation with kevin durant still has its loophole like it has it has a lot has to unfold for them to even be able to get that deal done and that would include kevin durant first and foremost um what's not requesting a trade demanding that's the word demanding i'm looking a trade, for yeah. demanding a trade saying hey i'm not going to play for you guys trade me and then of course deandre ayton being happy with going to the Nets and whatever it is that they were going to offer him. So it's a, it's a, it's a sticky situation. Uh, I wouldn't want to be James Jones in this situation. That's why he gets paid the money that he gets paid because uh, they chose not to, to, to extend him last off season. And this is a situation that they're in now. Yeah. I, I'm, I struggle a lot with this because like, I feel like a lot of this could have been avoided if they would have just given DA the contract extension, like when it was time to give it to him instead of like holding out on him. I feel like in Matthew in the comments mentioning the game seven meltdown, I feel like this is like a culmination of like a lot of frustration, like DA being frustrated that he didn't get his extension. And then the way they were playing in the playoffs wasn't good. And, you know, just like, I feel like there might've been a lot of things happening behind the scenes that we didn't get to see. And like Matthew was saying, it kind of like was a blessing in disguise situation that it like peeled back the layers. And we saw, you know, kind of like that frustration that DA has been feeling. Um, But I just feel like a lot of like what happened in game seven could have been avoided. And I think that DA had done enough 
to earn that extension, in my opinion. Obviously, a lot of people disagree with that, but I do think it would have been smarter to give DA the extension when it was time instead of holding out on him because I think it created a lot of negativity and a lot of um, ill will towards the organization that might have manifested itself. I just hate how, itself. like, nobody can ever just have to, like, play for a freaking contract yeah. anymore. Like, that is... I, I, the entitlement. I, I totally get, like, pay the man his money. If, if, the, if a player... Uh, you know, proves their worth, then then pay them. And I get that. And I can definitely make that argument. And I was in DA's camp yeah, as well. But I hate that it has to always come down to, and we're going to get to Kyler Murray's situation <laughs> as well. <laughs> gonna be interesting. But I, I hate how it always comes down to, oh, well, look at all this negativity. You should have just given him what he wanted. It's like, well, life doesn't always work that way. Can nobody just, like, not take it personally? Well, I, I mean, I think given the circumstances, DA did the best out of anyone that I've seen in that situation, given the circumstance. Like, well, publicly. Yeah, absolutely. Publicly for sure. Yeah. Like, he didn't go on Instagram and delete every son's picture off of his feed. <laughs> yeah. And he was, yeah, like, he um, presented himself as if there was no issue, no issue, no issues whatsoever. And that is definitely the way that you should handle yeah. it. So I do give him props for that. Yeah. So, I mean, now looking forward and what we have to deal with in this situation, like, like you said, the Suns have three options in this. They can either not match the offer that another team extends DA and let him go. They can match their offer and keep DA on the team, or they can work somehow somehow work out a sign and trade deal with another team in the NBA. And I think if you're looking at those three options, the best option in my opinion is to just match a deal and give DA that contract and keep him on this team. Like the organizational philosophy that the Suns have preached that James Jones Monty Williams have preached and preached and preached for the last couple of years has been consistency, similarity, keeping the core together, keeping everybody the same. That's why they didn't make a big move when they could um, this season to get another player before uh, the trade deadline passed because they wanted to keep the team together. They wanted to keep consistency. They didn't want to move a big t a piece or bring in a big piece to throw everything off, which like in a way I understand because team chemistry is everything. Like when Klay Thompson came back from injury, the Warriors like – whoa, it took them a while to get used to having Clay Thompson back on the court. So, like, I understand the consistency argument. I still disagree with not bringing in a bigger piece to help this team in the finals. But either way, I think if you're going to stick with that theory and you're going to stick with consistency, then keeping DA on this team is the best way to do it. And I think you... I don't think at the expense, if there really is, and here's the thing, like, we don't know the extent of, like, is there, like, a, a locker room issue? Right. Is it just between... DA and Monty it doesn't it didn't seem like his teammates didn't have his back but we don't know the scope of it so if there's more going on behind the scenes than we realize you you don't want to stick with similarity and 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 you know cohesiveness and what we have now at the expense of something that could be spreading behind the scenes that we just don't know right about. yeah and we probably will never know to the extent of what is going on with DA and the Suns behind the scenes. But even if you look at it from a purely statistical standpoint, even though his performance in the 
postseason wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst by far. He still managed to put up almost 18 points, nine rebounds, and a block per game, shooting 64% from the floor this season in the regular season. So it's not like we're talking about some bum schmo ho player. No, from, he's a he's like, a guy he's that a is good demanding a max contract. And yeah, he deserve he's deserving of a max contract. It's whether or not that makes sense to do here in Phoenix. And the thing is, is like he's a local guy. And then he went on to play, um, you know, at U of A. And uh, so he has he has some roots here in Arizona. And so, you know, stayed local. And this is the team that he was drafted by. And they went through some tough times just as a franchise. And, you know, sometimes maybe it's just like you're a fantastic player, but maybe you you've outgrown the situation or maybe you need a, a a a new start a fresh start maybe you need to have everything taken that's comforting to you and be thrust into a situation where nothing's comfortable to help you grow and get to that next um because he still is growing yeah to get to that next level in his career um so sometimes like that's you don't really necessarily want to hear it, but maybe the Suns have gotten all they can out of DA. I don't know, mm. and maybe it would be better for him. For him, now I don't know what I don't know what he's he's thinking behind the scenes after all the money stuff or whatever. Yeah. I mean, maybe it would just like all blew up and it looked really bad, and everybody behind the scenes now is like, okay, we're good. That looked yeah. bad. That wasn't anyone's finest moment. There are more than one people that are to blame in the situation, not just DeAndre Ayton, and and that's that. Again, this whole freaking conversation is hypotheticals. Yes. I'm just throwing <laughs> out thoughts. I'm not saying that I for sure think and believe that like DeAndre Ayton would be better off elsewhere or that he's saying he needs a fresh start. I'm not saying any of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying it could be a possibility. Like there's just so much that could be going on behind the scenes right now right. that I don't know. And I don't know that I have all the information to just say – um, because it's not a purely basketball situation yeah. anymore to be able to say like, you know, re-sign him or don't or whatever the case is. But I sort of lean towards keeping him around yeah. if the the character, personality, dynamic, whatever you want to call it. Like isn't a concern. Isn't a, a concern moving yeah. forward. But you got to think that maybe that was the reason why he didn't get that maximum. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it keeps circling back to like yeah. the same thing, like the yeah. character, the, the immaturity, like. Uh, it's kind of scary, but also too, like, and I know we, we're going to talk about Kyler Murray here in a second, but like, if you look at the other option, which is trying to work out a sign and trade, oh my God, it scares the actual shit out of me because sign and trades are so hard to orchestrate for multiple reasons. The CBA plays a factor into it. The players being traded have to agree to the terms. Like it's a lot to orchestrate a sign and trade. And there have been a couple of things thrown out, a couple of instances that I hate. Like the Pacers, there's like a rumor that the Pacers would give the Suns, like they would trade the, the sixth overall pick in the draft. Like, no, not doing that. Like DA was a number one overall pick. Like that's immediately devaluing him. And the Suns don't need a pick in the draft. It wouldn't they just, need... Yeah, it wouldn't just be like DA right. for uh, the but they, all, they would like throw in a couple other players that like don't I don't move the needle for me like at all, in my opinion. And so yeah. the only other like sign and trade deal that I would even be remotely interested in is obviously for KD. But that requires so many dominoes to fall at the right time. You know, Kyrie's going to have to want to walk away. KD's going to have to be so pissed that he demands a trade. Like, 
DA would have to agree to the terms with the Nets. Like, it's just, it's almost to me seems impossible. And um, Gerald, um, our Suns beat writer, wrote a fantastical, a fantastical, fantastical, fantastical. I guess that's a word now, a fantastical article. A fantastical Friday. <laughs> um, over on GoPHNX that you can read right now with certain sign and trade um, proposals. And one of the sign and trade offers to the Nets would be sending DA and Michaela Bridges in return for KD. As, as well as some draft picks uh, to the Nets. And that genuinely makes my heart hurt. Like the thought of like losing DA and McHale makes me want to cry. There was another situation he worked out where he you could send, you know, DA, Landry Shamit, uh, Jay Crowder, and three first round picks, which is a lot. It's a lot. I would honestly almost rather do that than also trade McHale, though, because I don't want to lose sweet baby face McHale. But either way, you look at that sign and trade deal with the Nets, like, I think it's almost it costs more than it's worth. Like obviously Katie is a superstar. Like I think he's incredible and he would definitely move the needle for the Suns, but I don't want to lose what it would take in order to get Katie to play here. I would like to win and I don't ever want to say goodbye to Mikhail. You would do it for Katie? (gasps) You would trade Mikhail and DA for Katie. Yeah. Yeah, I want to win. You think it? You think that if they send both Mikhail and Da, that immediately makes the Suns a, a finals contender with KD on the roster? No question. I mean, well, here's the thing with superstars: you never quite know how they're going to fit in with a new team. Yeah, you never really know. Yeah, I think if you just had his skill set, and you're just going to make the assumption that the chemistry is really good there. Between now your three superstars that you got on the team. Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Devin Booker. Booker. Are you freaking kidding me? That sounds so good. Okay, but also though, like, are you freaking kidding me? I know, I know. But I hate super teams. I hate the super team philosophy. It genuinely bothers me so much. And that's one of the reasons why I was so disinterested in the NBA for so long. Because you had the super team in Cleveland and you had the super team in Golden State. And it was that t- those two teams every year in the finals. And it was never anything different. And you knew it was either going to be Golden State or the well, Cleveland. Well, then the Lakers formed a super team. I mean, that's yeah, kind of like Yeah, and then look how the super to... team is working out for the Lakers now. All those guys should be in retirement homes. And they didn't even make it into the playoffs. I just like, want to go on the record and say I side with Kirsten here. Because the, the detail you're forgetting about all of those super teams is that they all have, have championships. Yes, I know. <laughs> But I just like the Suns. Like I love the Suns so much, and this I'm, this is coming from a girl that grew up in Denver and is supposed to be a Denver Nuggets fan. Like I don't, I don't claim the Denver Nuggets. I claim the Phoenix Suns as my team because they are a team. They are a team that works together. That and I know they didn't make it to the finals this year, but I love that team. It's not like about one person. They don't they don't have a super team. Like obviously they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but it's not like a situation where you have LeBron James we like had orchestrating two great everybody years with them. Yeah, and I now I, it's time to win. <laughs> no, seriously, this makes my heart hurt. I don't think I could do it. Now, I listen, really don't think if, I could do if, it. If we could do, if if the Suns could figure out a way to keep Aiden, make it work, make the finances work, and keep the team together, and DeAndre Aiden makes another big step in his career again, there is still more another level that he can reach. Then, like, I would love to be able to do it like that. But if you're going to dangle KD as an option, and it might be a little bit of a far-fetched option, but if you're going to dangle that in front of me, um, I would say, Mikhail, I <gasps> love you. No, don't Your do mother it. is also very beautiful and polite, don't and I really enjoy talking with her. 
Um, one time that I met and interviewed her, great family, great background. Like you're a great human being. You did so much for the Valley. I'm going to miss your goofiness, your nicknames, your dancing, your big smile, your perfect teeth. Like, but goodbye. You're killing me, bro. (laughs) No way. I don't think I could do it. I genuinely don't think. I don't think I could do it. Kevin in the comments saying, no way. I would not trade for Katie. I think he is malcontent. His skills are off the charts for sure. But Katie is for sure a one in a generation player. It's tough. It's so tough. Charles Waddle Pike saying, I think the point is they need pieces that will help uh, get it done in the playoffs. I know. I know. I know. And the pieces that they have right now, they didn't do it. But it would still break my heart to break this team up. I think the best options for the Suns is to just get DA on a contract and keep him in the Valley, get Cam Johnson's contract work out and go from there. I'm going to say this. I have a lot of faith in James Jones, a ton of faith in James Jones. Yes. This team would not be this team without him. Wouldn't have money. I mean, I mean yeah. the whole thing, like we would not be here without James Jones. Yeah. He has done a tremendous job up to this point. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes fully, he does. He also has a better basketball IQ, a better understanding of the league, a better mm-hmm. understanding of all the things. All the things. I'm going to completely have faith in James Jones to do whatever is going to be best for the Phoenix Suns to be championship contenders next year. And whether that means keeping DeAndre Ayton here in the Valley or not, whether that means working on a deal for Kevin Durant, which wouldn't even be, I mean, other chips have to fall. Uh I'm giving it to James Jones. All right. I like that energy. I subscribe to that, I, I, except for the Mikhail Bridges thing. <laughs> Do not get rid of sweet baby Bye. Mikhail James Jones. I will mm, I will find you. I will lead a picket fence charge outside of the Suns arena. Just saying. Um, but I agree. I agree. I'll agree with you on that. Um, but I do want this, to see the Suns keep DA, and I think that's the best option for them moving forward. But speaking of the NBA, the NBA playoff action is nonstop at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win. And if they do, you'll get $150 in Free bets. Are you looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't even hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 and up only. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Um, I'm having a hard time with NBA playoffs because I just don't care that the Suns aren't in it. So Okay, well, I'll... So they're not making it easy to watch. All you have to do is watch the first like five minutes and then the winners decided it's a blowout and then you move on. Yeah. Like, what is up even with watch. that? I don't know. It's disgusting. I don't want to. I don't even. The, the NBA playoffs have been. It's not fun. Bleh. Yeah. It's like, totally not it's, fun. You're so right. It's been blowout after blowout. I'm like, okay, this is great. Like the hockey playoffs, however, holy crap. I love the NHL playoffs. They have been dynamite this this year so if you're not into nba that's fine go watch the nhl playoffs <laughs> um, also you can bet on hockey on that draft and hockey well. yeah. sure can all right tristan i think we need to talk about your favorite person 
Okay, we don't. I am not. Listen, I have no hard feelings towards him whatsoever at all whatsoever. Uh huh. Okay, sure. Uh, we'll go with that. So the Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, by the way, did you know? I saw this really depressing graphic on Twitter this morning that made me cry. Um, they put up all of the teams of all the big four sports um, who have had the longest playoff drought, and they they counted like really early championships, like the whatever the NFL Super Bowl was before it was a Super Bowl. The Cardinals were number one on the list in a 75-year playoff drought, and um, that really put things into perspective for me. Holy crap. Yeah, because the Cardinals are the longest running American yeah. professional sports organization without a champ like without a championship. Seventy-five yeah. years. I know, because the curse. They're cursed. How? How are there Cardinals fans in existence? I would have given up so long ago. <laughs> and I'd be like, nope, I can't do it. I can't do it. And in order to win a championship, guess what you need? You need a quarterback. And the Cardinals have done a great job at pissing theirs off. Um, as we all know, the offseason drama with Kyler Murray, with Instagram, whatever, we all get it. We've all heard about it. Um, well, he has not shown up to voluntary OTAs, which is his choice. There are voluntary and there are other veteran players that aren't at voluntary OTAs right now. I will say, however, there are many quarterbacks of other teams that are at voluntary OTAs. Whatever you want to make out of that, you make out of that. He didn't show up. He's not there. Um, we all know that he's not happy with not having a deal done. The Cardinals did pick up their fifth-year option in April, so he is under contract through 2023 with the Arizona Cardinals. But there have been many, 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 many reports saying that Kyler will not play without a new deal. Not just not show up, but will not play without a new deal. And uh, to put things into perspective, the market value, according to CapWise right now, has Kyler Murray at a seven-year, roughly $43 million deal, which is equates to about $300 million, give or take. Um, holy shit, that's a lot of money. That's more money than I will ever see in my entire lifetime. So the Cardinals have to answer the question of if they give Kyler Murray the contract that he wants. And I think... Kyler Murray has done a great job of tying the Cardinals' hands. And I think the Cardinals have one choice and only one choice, and that is to give Kyler Murray a deal. Whether or not Kyler Murray is bluffing about whether or not he'd actually sit out, who knows? Um, we've seen it happen before. Uh, I, it, I guess it depends on how steely his resolve is and if he really would sit out. But, how what? Um, is that a word? Steely? How steel, steel resolve? I don't know. No, how I think you – I think – that's I just make it up. I'm pretty sure that's a word. Oh, okay. Steely? Steely. His steely his resolve is. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Chosen's dictionary me. Um, I think that the Cardinals have to give Kyler Murray a deal. And uh Coldly getting... determined hard. There was a steely edge to his questions. Yeah. So it's close enough. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, I think you used that perfectly. Ugh, thank you, Sean. I've never I've never heard that. Or maybe I heard it and it never resonated with me. Okay, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I think Kyler Murray is gonna get the deal that he wants. And I think the Cardinals have to give it to him. Look, like the Cardinals, they have built this entire team around Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. They took a quarterback number one overall in the draft a year after taking Josh Rosen. In the draft, they switched their entire organizational philosophy for Kyler Murray. They hired Cliff Kingsbury to be the coach for Kyler Murray. Kime and Kingsbury got a deal in the offseason 
to keep them here with the team, their extensions. So now it's time to just complete that piece of the puzzle and give Kyler Murray the contract that he wants. The NFL is a quarterback's league. You cannot be a good NFL team if you don't have a good quarterback. I know because I grew up in Denver and I've had to suffer through the last six years of Denver Broncos seasons and the quarterback carousel that has ravaged that team and their reputation. Oh, six years? And, just six years? That's, that's, all right, that's Mr. Cute. Buffalo. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, in um, Cleveland too. So I was like, <laughs> sorry. I, I'm mm, spoiled. Okay, I get it. But mm. I've, seen, I've seen what it's like to have no quarterback on your team. And you can try to build your team around defense. Defense wins championships mentality. You can try to build it around anything else. But if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team and you cannot be successful in the NFL. And the quarterback market right now isn't too hot. A lot of the teams that have a good quarterback, they're under contract. Um, the draft this year, there wasn't one quarterback that was interesting to me. Not one. I'm sorry, Malik. You're a great guy, but I was not interested in you as a quarterback. So I think it would be colossal huge mistake to not keep Kyler Murray. I get that there's concerns about his ability to be a leader. I get that he hasn't won a playoff game yet with the Cardinals. Like I am very aware of those facts. Like, and I feel the Cardinals pain and there's a huge, huge obligation on his shoulders to break that 75 year championship drought. And I just don't think, I think if they don't keep Kyler, if they don't give Kyler what he wants, they're going to backslide and it's going to be more years of misery and agony because this is a quarterback's league and they have a good quarterback. Like whether or not he is an all-timer like Tom Brady, we don't know yet, but he is serviceable enough to get we know the Cardinals. He is no Tom Brady. <laughs> he is no Tom Brady. <laughs> he has done enough to get that contract. And at this point, like money grows on trees in the NFL. So just give the guy the fucking contract. Ugh, I'm so tired of talking about it. Yeah, I I just hate that like I don't like the dynamic where you can throw fits and say, I demand this. I get it. I get, I know, I know every side to the argument there possibly is. They're, they're not going to risk their bodies and lay their health on the line for X amount of dollars. And this is what the market value is and all this stuff. But I hate that the dynamic in professional sports has shifted so much to this, this, and again, I, Hardball. I mean, it, it's a business still. So, like, I get it's probably always existed to a degree. But the, um, you know, I'm going to release a statement and I'm going to do this and I'm going to hold out and I'm going to, I just like, I, I hate that so much that you are signed to a deal. Like, you are getting paid and you are under contract and it's not good enough and it's not good enough. And like, I get it. Is he worth it? I mean, can all things considered because this is the way the league operates now, is he deserving of it? I guess so. Like you need your quarterback <laughs> and you need him to go play. So I freaking guess so. But I hate that this has become the dynamic of it. I hate it. There yeah. also, there's also... Kyle is different because he took a big risk to play football as it is. He could be playing baseball right now. Yeah, um, but he could also be playing baseball in like Montecito, California. Yeah, that's a, not like a, a risk. Like a double he was gonna make. He was he was guaranteed more money playing going the NFL route than yeah. he ever would. And have he been. already has made more money than it would have taken him to make in for, a baseball career for sure. But for he was sure. a top baseball prospect, and he has that in his back pocket. Like if he doesn't want to play football, he doesn't have to, which is different than basically every other athlete in the league. 
I get that, but uh, I think we're too far down this quarterback route now to change gears. Anyway, yeah, so bottom line is, though, like, Steve Kime has said that they're going to, again, this is, like, the silly part of it all. Yeah. If he follows through with this, every single argument surrounding any of this was just a distraction for everybody involved. Yeah. Because he said, he has said for a long time, we'll get the deal done. Yes. Like every team team does in the summertime. Yeah. Like in the summertime. Yeah. Okay. And so if this does happen in June and July, we'll see here. Um, We'll see what happens. But like, if they get it done, then why was anybody throwing any, fit why was anyone ever concerned why was this even a freaking topic of conversation why any of it i don't know if that's if steve kime also is not just saying that so that the public has nothing doesn't know what's going on behind the scenes or whatever like if he genuinely believes and his goal is to genuinely get a deal done for kyler next month or in july okay why are we even talking about it then I mean, we obviously don't know everything that's happening behind the scenes. Maybe there were, I don't know. Obviously, something happened that made Kyler want to delete all the Cardinals pictures off his Instagram and make a statement. I mean, that's why we're even in this boat is because this offseason has been so dramatic. Kyler Murray has taken every advantage that he can in terms of making the Cardinals like sweat a little bit with deleting the pictures off his Instagram, having his agent tweet out that statement, like blah, 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 blah. Like he opened the door for the speculation. Like, I think that was purposeful. Like people say, oh, you're reading in too much. It's a social media account. Like it's not a big deal. Like, no, that was planned. Like I am a 25 year old girl who was on Instagram. Like if I delete pictures of (laughs) anything, it's for a reason. Like, I'm not just like, no, I don't, I'm not interested in this picture anymore. Like it's intentional. And so he put us in this situation to talk about this all offseason. I think he did it because he wanted to ratchet up the pressure against the front office to make them know this is what I want and I'm not going to do it until I get what I want. And so now we're in this situation and for whatever reason, you know, this has just been the topic of like, this is I, can, I can have two sides of it, by the way. I can think that the Cardinals should definitely give him a new deal and like you know, for his skill set. And I think he's, I mean, they can't, there's nowhere else to turn at this point. I mean, he, if he's your guy, go all in on your guy. I can think that. And I can also think that all the extra BS is nothing more than BS. And I don't particularly like it. And I don't like to subscribe to that way of handling things because there's two different sides to it. Just because I feel like that I'm not making the argument that the Cardinals, you know, shouldn't come to some sort of new agreement. Um, for a bigger deal over the summer. Yeah. Real um, quick, yes or no? I'm just curious. And I don't want any explanation, just a yes or no. Yep. Is oh. Kyler Murray good enough to win a Super Bowl? Don't tell me what to do, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> With this team? I need, I have, I need like, I need like context. No, no as, yes as, or no. Is Kyler Murray, is he good enough to lead a team to the Super Bowl? For the record, my answer is no. Um, Like single handedly, like carry a team on his back and lead? No. <laughs> what? You guys. I, I don't even, I don't even. Oh, okay. There's a lot to unpack. I'm there. not saying that like he could never win a Super Bowl, but yeah. I'm just saying like a lot. I mean, uh, it's a team sport Look, if and like Peyton whatever. Manning, I get that, who's like, like 80 years old and has a broken neck and a broken and quad. is a top five quarterback of all time. 
okay, but he didn't do anything in the Super Bowl that he won with the Broncos. He basically just stood under center and <laughs> like the defense won that championship for that's the Broncos. What that's that, that's what I'm saying. If it if if it was all on Kyler, does he have that ability? No, it would have to depend that, on like everyone else around him to like everything would have to align. See, I don't think I'm not saying that he cannot do it. I think he's talented enough to do it, given mediocre talent. I think he could do it. I really do. He is so he's so savvy and he can make plays. And obviously he can't play under center and stay in the pocket because he's so small. But I really do think he could do it. I think I'm not saying he like he cannot, but like at all. But I'm not. Well, that's why I think that the only option here and I think, you know, I think. I think we're at the point now in this narrative that it's not a question if the deal is going to get done. I really do think it is going to get done this summer. Like, there's no other option. Like, do you no, really think I the think Cardinals would hold out? And no, I know it's going to get done. And I'll again, I'll default. Um, not that I place all of my trust in Steve Kahn, but I will in this situation just. I have no other choice. I will trust that he is publicly saying they're going to oh. get a deal done during this time frame because he is a man of his word. Steve kind of a little different <laughs> than James Jones. I don't know if I trust him. I don't know if I can do man, the same how, thing. Okay, how freaking bad would it look on Steve Kime, though, if he consistently said, we will get a deal done in June or July and then didn't do that? I mean, at this point, I feel like he said it so much. He has yeah. to, like, back his word. But I think it's going to be – the narrative is just going to obviously – it's obviously going to change when he does get that deal. And I think it's going to be a huge test of Kyler Murray. Imagine if this deal happens, which it will, and we have another season like we had this past season. Holy – I think Cardinals fans are going to burn down Safe Park Stadium. Like, we can't We can't. That's do that why again. I don't like this forcing, forcing teams to – like if somebody's under contract for a couple more years and you're freaking forcing them to give them these these big time like what did you say it would be worth like around 300 million dollar yeah. deals like and he's 24 <sighs> years old but then you then you look at the deal like the Browns made with Deshaun Watson oh God, and you I mean like dumbest. it just keeps they just keep throwing money and throwing money at quarterbacks and so that so when you see like the the way the rest of the league is operating it's like yeah you got to pay him but it's just like like I I, I just like yeah it's humility the behind and it, it's yeah. the principle yeah, yeah, behind yeah. it know, and yeah so anyway yeah we'll see how things pan out we shall see we shall see this is gonna be the biggest like put your money where your mouth is moment oh my god kyler you better buckle up buddy <laughs> um well if talking about all this money makes you anxious you might need to get high and that's what i'm planning to do <laughs> that was a flawless transition because yeah. our partners, I love them more than I can possibly ever tell you. It's OG's brands. You guys, oh my God, I'm obsessed with OG's brands. I'm not afraid to shout it from the mountaintops. My obsession with this company. You have to stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OG's. They have so many different flavors like blackberries and cream, watermelon. They're going to come out with a new pina colada flavor, which is so good. And my personal favorite, the orange creamsicle are to die for. They are perfect for you if you're in a mood for like an uplifting sativa or more of a chill indica. I'm an indica girl. I love to take their microdose options 
right before I go to sleep and I have the best sleep of my life with OG's. If you're interested in trying to these amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OG's near you. I really can't recommend them enough. I've tried a bunch of other different types of gummies and OG's is by far and away the best tasting. They have the best blends. They use the best strands. It's something about them being scratch made in Arizona that just makes all the difference in the world. I can't recommend them enough and got to try their orange creamsicle flavor because, oh, perfection. You're like giving away <laughs> our secrets. The point of this entire show is to make you anxious while you're listening. And then we're going to send you subliminal messages that you need to get high so that you'll go ahead and buy our sponsors products. And that's like the whole reason the whole for point. our existence. Everybody yeah. get high. Just we're, we're going to make high. you anxious. And then we're going to, you know, try to make you like buy some marijuana. Um, but seriously, OGs, if you're going to get high, you got to do it with OGs. It's the best way to do it. Um, all right. Let's wrap this up with the coyotes. Because this is probably the most time pertinent. What did you just say? What? Wrap it up with what? The coyotes. Oh, I thought you said wrap it up with OGs. And I was no. like. <laughs> the coyotes. Because this is probably the most time pertinent when it comes to the big questions. Obviously, the biggest question surrounding the coyotes is where the heck this team is going to find their permanent home. They have a lease right now. Obviously, we all know with ASU that it's good for three years with an option for a fourth year. But the city of Tempe is going to be voting next Thursday on the Coyotes' proposed Tempe multipurpose arena. To clar- clarify a few things, if the city the city can vote yes or no on this proposal. If they vote yes, that does not mean that the arena is being built. The shovels go in the ground and it's go. If they vote yes, it means that negotiations can start on what this thing's going to look like, how much it's going to cost, how it's going to be funded, dates, times, all of the negotiables can start at that point. If they vote no, the arena cannot be built at the plot of land that they proposed, which is right off Rio Salado in the 101 in Tempe, and it will not happen. It cannot go there. So the best thing that can happen, obviously, is a yes vote. Again, that does not mean the arena is going to be built. It just opens negotiations and does not kill the proposal dead in the water. Um, And that's happening on Thursday. So (sighs) this has huge ramifications for the team. Because obviously, if the city votes no, the Coyotes are going to have to figure out another place to go, another arena to build, another proposal to come up with. And that's obviously going to take a lot of time and work. Now they have that wiggle room because they have that three-year lease with ASU. But if Tempe votes no, that kind of opens up other cities to vote no. I mean, it's just like voting no would be the worst possible thing that could possibly happen for this organization. And it opens up the questions of the viability of the team in the Valley. Like at that point, you know, it really, the rumors of Houston or somewhere in Canada or whatever really start to become more of a reality because it's going to be so hard for the Coyotes to find that home and they can't play at ASU for forever. Their their lease is only good there for three years and maybe a fourth, but I don't I don't see the ASU obviously wanting to share with the Coyotes for forever. And it's not a, a sustainable solution because of the arena is only 5,000 seats and you can't have a profitable NHL team with 5,000 feet arena. It's just not possible, especially with the other part of the deal with ASU getting like the sponsorship money and all of that. So um, this vote next Thursday is uh deciding the coyotes future in Arizona in my opinion like it is huge and I'm praying to the Lord Jesus above that they vote yes on this because obviously I'd love to see the coyotes stay in Arizona um and I I really think that 
that plot of land off of the 101 in Rio Salado is a perfect place for a hockey team to be. Obviously, it's close to the airport, so you have to work out a lot of things with the FAA. But um, I just think that it would be so great for Coyotes fans to have a team centrally located. I know Tempe is technically more of East Valley than it is whatever, but um, I really would love to see that arena there. And I think it would do so much for the organization. It would do so much for this fan base. And I think it would really help reinvigorate hockey culture in Arizona that's already done such a good job of surviving despite everybody and their mom outside of Arizona saying that hockey can't be successful in the desert. So, oh God, I'm nervous. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like if they get to the point where they approve negotiations or like approve the beginning of negotiations and say like, okay, we like we accept your Basically, we accept your interest and would like to try and work something out to move forward to um, like. I think it's probably a done deal at that point. Yeah, like they're going to they're going to figure out how to make the deal work. The biggest issue and why it's taken so long for the Coyotes to move out of Glendale because they've been they came out in 2017. Yeah. The NHL and Gary Bettman and the Coyotes have been saying since 2017 that they're not going to work in Glendale long term. Like in order for this team to succeed, they have to go elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, that's it's been years and years. And I, I just don't think they've been able to find a home elsewhere. And they've tried before to 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 work out a deal or to get the approvals they needed to work out a deal to build an arena in Tempe before yeah. and they got shot down. Yeah. So it is harder than anyone could imagine. Yes. And I the only reason I have any insight on this really um just because it's the business side and the arena dealings and things like that that's not something I normally get into is because I just did this three-part series on the on the story um on the story uh, (laughs) podcast that just launched a few weeks ago, but I was able to talk with owners, previous owners um, that gave me some insight into like, the only reason they were in Glendale was because like, there was like two, like there was like two options. It was either like one spot in Scottsdale or you move to Glendale. Yeah. Like that's it. Like I would have thought like, Oh, well if there's land, then you can build it. No, like there is zoning stuff. There's yeah. initiative elections. There's it's like a there is so much stuff that goes into it. It is really hard to find a spot um, in a city to to build, you know, an arena and, and a, a shopping center type deal and all the stuff. Um, entertainment district rather, um, because I think that's part of this whole thing too, right? Yeah. It's not just the arena, right? Totally. Yeah. So that, um, so I mean, it's just really difficult. Um, again, they've tried to do this before and have yeah. failed. I would definitely say if they're not able to get this deal done, I would be really, really, really worried about the team being viable here in yeah. Arizona and finding out, finding a place to to be in Arizona because you only have, I mean, Glendale was too far out. We realized that. So what you would have Scottsdale, Tempe, and Mesa. Yeah. Like pretty much like mm-hmm. that's it. Um, and, and so anyway, I'm just going off on a tangent, but yeah, like I, it, I have I I feel like, um, for whatever reason, like hope that this will happen, but I guess you never know. And I do feel like if next Thursday they're like, yeah, we're gonna start negotiations, like then I really feel pretty good about yeah, it. I do too. I think next Thursday is so crucial, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Like if they do say yes, I I feel like almost at ease at that point because then there are options moving forward that give us hope that the team can stay here. And like that arena off of the one-on-one in Rio Salado does work. And, um, you know, I, I have 
a lot of issues with the Coyotes organization, their front office, how they do business. I don't agree with a lot of the decisions that Alex Morello and his staff make. Um, but I will say that above anything else, if you're going to give Alex Morello and the front office of the Coyotes credit for anything, you have to give them credit for being the first ownership group to find a solution outside of Glendale. There have been opportunities for this team to make decisions that they were forced. They didn't have a choice. Well, yeah, they were forced, but they also did have, um, the, the Tempe, they tried to go to ASU and the Tempe thing like there, they have been trying. And so obviously with the way that the relationship soured with the city of Glendale, they didn't have a choice. They literally had to leave. But um, I guess, you know, the I guess I I, I want to give a little bit of credit to Alex Morello for getting, you know, the temporary proposal. I give him I give him credit because he's willing to lose money <clears throat> in order yes. to keep the team it, like, here. To, get, to keep the team here and to look at it like like the long term projections of what it could be. Yeah. And investing into the organization to to make it be what we all think and hope it can be. Yeah. Uh, in order to do that, it would be being at a location like Tempe. But he didn't just say, OK, this this is too much. We like, this is going to cost me too much. If I stick it through, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to move it. Like he didn't do that. Yeah. So, um, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that that's off the table, but if this whole thing doesn't work out with building their own arena in, in Tempe, then maybe we're having a different discussion, yeah, totally. but I do give him props up front for say for, for his uh, ability to ability to say I will lose money in the short term yeah. because I think this is something really great that I want to invest in and yeah. be a part of long term. And also too, he did he has been sticking by I'm keeping this team in Arizona for a while. Yeah, like he has made it publicly known that he does desire to keep the team here, and so I do appreciate him for that because a lot of uh, a lot of other people wouldn't have done that. So. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I hope for the Coyotes' sake that they can they can get the yes vote on Thursday and that they can move forward with that. Um, but I guess that's a big question that we'll hopefully get answers to on Thursday. Um, before we get to our little last segment and our aliases to make an appearance, Athletic Greens, Kirsten, we love talking about my Athletic favorite Greens. stuff. I know. Um, Athletic Greens has a product that I use literally every day. I have a huge problem with my energy. So I like to wake up, roll out of bed, go to my fridge, get my Athletic Greens out, put a scoop in my water bottle, shake it up and chug that shit. And it gives me the energy that I need to get through the day. Cheers. And I know that you love Athletic Greens too for many reasons. Yeah. First off, I'm glad that I realized a month into it that it's supposed to be refrigerated because I was going into my cupboard, not realizing that it needed to be refrigerated at first. Um, but yeah, once I figured that out, my relationship with athletic greens has been fantastic. It gives me <laughs> the energy and the fuel I need to get through a workout in the morning. Um, it's the only thing that I have when I when I wake up, drink it, head to the gym. Um, and it's awesome. And it, I mean, I feel great. It's got, I'm, I'm sure you have the specifics on it, but it seems like a million yeah. uh, vitamins and minerals yep. and things like that. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start your day right. Um, it supports better sleep quality and recovery. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews and it costs you less than $3 a day. Plus you're investing in your health. And to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash TPSP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash TPSP. That stands for the Phoenix Sports Podcast to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I'm so excited for this, Kirsten, because... 
Thank you, Buda I feel Baker. Like you did me dirty on this. No, man. I didn't. It's you did me so freaking dirty. Um, Buda Baker was talking to the media during voluntary OTAs, and he said something very interesting that uh, I think we're going to have some fun with. So let's hear from Buda Baker. Yeah. Did you meet some friends at all? You know, not, didn't really meet some friends, but I had a few conversations, talked to a couple people. You know, my name was uh, James. Uh, <laughs> and it was cool. We had a good time. Uh, you know, I had a couple waters. Had a good time. <laughs> no, I mean, it, w- it was pretty dark in there. So and I, just, I, just, I just walked in there, sat by myself, and was just like, you know, just take this water. <laughs> Huh? Oh, my profession? I didn't, you know, we didn't get to that extent. You know, if they would have asked my profession, I probably would have said, like, you know, I'm I'm a dentist or something. (laughs) Like, you're a dentist? How old are you? I'm I'm 45. (laughs) All right, thank you. So that was Buda Baker telling the media that he went out to the bar and uh, pretended to be somebody that he wasn't, James the Dentist. We've all done that at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to to have a little fun. I will say I think that alias was perfect for him because he has the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. That's true. Him and Mikhail. Yeah, his smile like lights up the room. So it makes sense that he would be a dentist because his teeth are perfect. Um, but it made me, it's, it made some wheels start turning in my brain. What would our aliases be if we got to go out and to be someone other than ourselves? And uh, cheers to I'm so excited. I freaking... Who I, are you? Cheers. First off, obviously, I'm a prostitute. So <laughs> occupation, not marketing, definitely prostitution. We should have Clearly. put accounting on there because that's an AKA for strippers. Really? Yeah, an accounting. accounting? Yeah, if I you say no you're an accountant, idea. it's like undercover for strippers. Really? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, all stripper, prostitution, whatever, obviously. Um, <laughs> named Ryan Blake. Where did that come from? So um, I, I like have this thing with like just boy names in general for girls so like if i were so my my name was supposed to be spencer at first so like if i were to ever pick a like a name to go by it would just be like some random boy's name Already. so that's where that comes from and you stuck with ohio and as your I, place of origin yes because you cannot lie too much people start asking too many questions you have to be able to like oh, some of I it lied. has to be like accurate enough for you to like you know like hold a conversation about it so i just say like i'm like this is actually what I do. I've never gone by. I think if I were to legitimately like change my name, it would be something super close, like Kristen or like something like that. Yeah. That's like super close to my name. But I keep things usually like close enough, and I always say marketing. Like I actually do oh. say I'm from Ohio originally, which is where I'm from originally. Yeah. And then I always say marketing because people don't ask questions about marketing. Yeah, they like they oh, don't. Yeah, we They're know like, what that oh, is. cool. And I'll cool. just be like, yeah, I just work for like an agency in town. Like, no, there's no like oh 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 we lost cheerson we lost she's, me we're gonna she, we're gonna pull her up we're gonna pull our camera out come here cheers come sit um but you were saying that um you have to be close enough to your uh to your what you're actually from and i think that's smart because i did not do that i did not take that approach but uh, i definitely see that logic it's a <laughs> it's a good way to go about it um is my mic up is this my little mic up uh, I think it is. Thank I have you. to All say, right, you look good. good as a blonde. It's, I dig the blonde no, you hair. Know what? This is why you did me dirty. First off, <laughs> I didn't show her this. Everybody, I very, I, I like. Listen, I'm. I posted this, and like, I didn't realize how bad the cleavage was. And now, the now it's now I'm seeing it. 
And I realized, like, I kind of regret posting that photo. And then you put the blonde hair and the fake red lips on top of it. I am like, you can't. And the bangs, you have bangs too. Oh, and the bangs too. I'm like blushing. I, I really, it's not like my what the when I see that, my brain goes in like to a place I don't want to (laughs) go. See, I'm obsessed with it. I think you look great as a blonde. Um, I know I'm biased because I'm blonde myself, but blondes have more fun. And I think you should dye your hair blonde. I think you should consider it. (laughs) I have actually had pretty. I've had almost blonde hair before and it wasn't, it was not attractive. Yeah. The uh, laughing in our comments saying if the camera going off is just a chance for her to uh, return to her alter ego, uh, she switched into Ryan Blake mode while the camera That's was really off. funny. Maybe someday I will just like come, like, we show should up get with wigs. The... Oh, okay. We should get wigs and go out in Old Town and be like our aliases. Well, speaking of wigs, I would need one because my <laughs> alter ego has red hair. <laughs> did you pick this? Yes, I did this to myself. So you did this to yourself. Okay. Yeah, I did it to you too. Um, why would you? Why? So, well, my name's Marie Clark. I'm from Oregon, and I'm a librarian. And I did not do the logical approach. So of, everything <laughs> is different about <laughs> everything you. is different, including my red hair. I have swoop bangs. I actually did used to have swoop bangs, um, but thank God I got some sense and got a middle part. So uh, I'm Marie. Marie Clark is my name. <laughs> I have red hair like a Russian spy. I always wanted to have red hair because I was like, I thought that's what Russian spies had. And I was obsessed with like um, being from Russia for some reason. But I can't do an accent. Like I was like, considering like being like from Britain. But my British accent is horrible. It's so I bad. I can't. Did you just try to do it right now? No, wait. Hold on. Let me try. <laughs> I was going to say you have to give oh, the people what they want. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Top of the morning to you. Would you like some tea? Chip, chip, cheerio. <laughs> What's the Russian accent? I feel like that's insulting. Um... <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, wait, hold on. How do I do Russian? Give me like something to say in Russian. Um, I don't in Russian. Oh, it's so hello. Bad. Would you like some? Vodka? Hello. Would you like some bread? Wh- wh- I am what? Natasha Romanov. What? Why did you go like Italian with it? Red. Why are you doing the the? <laughs> what is going on? Okay, so accents like aren't my strong suit, obviously. Um, so I had to go with somewhere in America, and I chose Oregon because I think Oregon's mysterious, right? Like, same with being a librarian. Like, I'm obsessed What's with like mysterious <laughs> about Oregon. Like, it's it's got like the Pacific Northwest vibes, where it's like rainy, overcast. There's a lot of fog. Like, it's very mood moody. It's like, like a vibe. you like you live in a freaking treehouse in Oregon or something. As a librarian, with as my a books. librarian, yeah, 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 yeah. So I went with Oregon. <laughs> it's mysterious. I've never been to Oregon, so I don't really know uh, if it's mysterious or not, but. If you're from the Pacific Northwest, I feel like you're a mysterious person. Um, and I'm a librarian because I I think it went with the whole red hair vibe. You know, I was coming off as like a demure, like I'm smart, I read books type of vibe. <laughs> um, I and- can't lie to people. Like this is why, I maybe it's because I like never celebrated Halloween or something like that. Um, but like I can't just like be something I'm not. I have a really difficult time doing that. Yeah, for really sure. Difficult I just time. love myself too much. <laughs> You know, we started this show off by me saying there was no shortage of confidence here. More specifically, uh, right by my side. No, no shortage of confidence. It's a great Um, thing. And Marie came from. So when I get really drunk, um, which doesn't happen very often, I really like to stand on elevated surfaces and be the DJ. Like I have to have control of the music. And so people will be like, oh, my God, what's your DJ name? DJ name. And for whatever reason, my like blacked out brain was like, I'm Diamond Marie. <laughs> so my DJ name is Diamond Marie. So I took Marie from my DJ name and made it my alias. 
his name. And I like the M. Like, I'm very attached to M, obviously, because my name's Michaela. So I kept the M theme going, but I just switched it to Marie because uh, that's my drunk DJ name. So that's how that all came about. I'm wondering <laughs> about something you said that you like to stand on elevated surfaces yeah like tables booths chairs are you like one of the girls that like always gets on top of the table and then ends up falling off or something i've actually never fallen off um that's one strong suit i have is when i'm drunk i can manage to not injure myself so i'm very proud of that, that actually is, i was in good. oh my never mind we're not even gonna go there never mind <laughs> so yeah that's my alter ego i have red hair I'm diamond or marie marie clark from oregon marie clark uh charles pike saying if you've ever seen gravity fall there's a lot of mis- that's mysterious about Oregon. I haven't seen it. What's Gravity Falls? I don't know. That's it's good. Uh, old. It's like not old, kind of old, like probably five, seven years ago. Uh, Disney cartoon that was very, very out there. There's uh-huh. like a lot of mysterious stuff happening. A Disney world. cartoon, yes. 2012. Yeah. See, there's a lot of things that happen. I don't understand because pop ref- pop culture references just go whew, over my head. But I think that um, James the dentist and Marie the librarian and uh, Ryan, the marketing pro, should all go out for drinks one day. So, James Dentist. Listen, I love the name Ryan. I really think I could pull it off. <laughs> I think I could see you as a Ryan. Like, when you sent me that, I was like, I could totally see your name being Ryan. Like, Ryan Blake suits you. Like, you look like Ryan Bla- Like a I Ryan might just Blake. change my name. I like the name Ryan, and I could see you as a Ryan, but they always say not to trust a guy with two first names. What do they What What's the rule about for a, girl a with two, woman yeah. with two guys' first names? Hmm... Mm. We'll just have to find out. That theory is so true, though, because my ex-boyfriend, both my one of my ex-boyfriends had two first names, and then the other one had three, and they were both horrible. So I subscribe to that belief that you can't trust a guy with two first names. Absolutely not. I never will again. I've made that mistake twice, and I've been burned twice. I um, for a second I was gonna ask what the name was, but we don't need to out that. So yeah, I don't never know mind. If they would appreciate being <laughs> outed on this podcast. I was gonna say that Cheers or Ryan Blake looks, <laughs> gives me um, Katy Perry vibes. Um, Katy Perry? Yes. Like I kissed a girl, Katy Perry. I don't know. Vibes, just or... Katy Perry vibes in general. Like her blonde alter ego, or just yes. the name? No, the, the blonde. alter ego. Oh. Like the picture of Ryan of Ryan Blake reminds me. Okay, of Katy sure. Uh, <laughs> I love that you're referring to it in her whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like she's a real person. Um, what would your alter ego be, Sean? What's your name? Oh boy. I mean, I basically have an alter ego because Sean's not actually my name. That's true. So what? My first name is that? Eric. Yeah, this Eric. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like the disgust that you said that with is the disgust <laughs> that I also say it with. It's, I'm not an Eric. Um, What's your alias, Sean? What? What's your alias? Give us a name. Um, What's your name? I guess be? it's Sean. No, my, yeah, Sean. Sean is my alias. I'm living as an I'm living undercover at all times. You don't know who I really. What's am. your occupation and where are you from? Um, I'm just gonna go with my alternate life. So my my alternate ego, my, our alter ego is Eric Williams. From Texas, and he's an ad- he's in advertising, um, because I have an advertising degree. I was from Texas, and my name is Eric. There you go. See, it, it, he subscribes to like yeah, he my subscribes theory to your theory on it. Yeah, like sure. stay close to home, but like just manipulate it. A little I bit. see. See, I'm such a good bullshitter, though. I really feel like I could bullshit my way through that entire alias. Nah, if I did. needed to, I could get like I could be. Uh, anything i wanted to if i really needed to yeah. i think i could lie well but enough. why eric williams that's like such like that's like chadwick boseman <laughs> it's like such a white because er, exactly it's it's a very basic name no one's asking questions of eric williams yeah, yeah that's true. i see i like to have people just not ask me questions because if i'm changing like who i am it's most likely because like i like don't want to get into a deep conversation with somebody yeah so like also you know. mac you're a librarian 
Give me a good book recommendation. <gasps> Ooh, what oh, you have to read <laughs> The Host by Stephanie Meyer. It is one of my favorite books. I read it cover to cover. Um, uh, but I'm more of like a fiction guy, like or a nonfiction guy, like something historic. Do you have anything for that? Since you're yeah, for sure. Um, you have to read the autobiography by Ellie Wiesel from He's a Holocaust Survivor. It's a fantastic book, and uh, I recommend that to anybody who's interested in nonfiction. But sometimes I don't want an escape from reality, and I want something a little more sci-fi. You have anything for that? Yes. Oh my gosh, Shadow and Bone is my favorite sci-fi oh series my right God. now. They actually made it into a Netflix series. So if you want to read the book first, which I always recommend because books are always better than the movies, you have to check out Shadow and Bone. Um, it's actually a three book series, so there's two more after that, and um, it's one of my favorite sci-fi sci-fi series. So definitely check that out. Michaela is an eight. No, oh wait, oh wait, I'm sorry. What was it again? Marie. Marie is a freaking <laughs> A plus librarian. Yeah, I would you, good I liar. Was, I was trying to trap you there, and you you cast yeah. flying colors. Jeez. I would totally rent books from you. I told you guys, I could literally. I'm such a bullshitter. I could bullshit the best of them. Like I'm not kidding you. I don't know where it comes from. I like switch into a mode, and I'm like, I gotta lie my way through this. Like my heart's like pounding a little bit, but That's I'm like in scary. it. I'm like afraid of the thrill you just got out of that. I love it. I love lying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like oh a, a few months, she's gonna disappear. We're gonna be like, "What happened to Michaela Perkins?" We're gonna look her up. There was never, there never was. Yeah, Michaela there Perkins. never was. Yeah. <laughs> no, she used to work for us. No, no records. Went to Arizona State. No, 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 no she didn't. <laughs> I, I think it's. A, I don't know if I should be proud of being a good liar, but. It's fine. It is what it is. Yeah. It's gotten me to this point. Um, all right. Don, you did this this point. What does that mean? Do you not actually have a degree? <laughs> oh, like, do geez. you have no oh. experience? I cannot tell you. <laughs> just kidding. I can either confirm or deny what just came well, out of your mouth. I'm a big fan of our aliases. I think all of our aliases should go to a bar and see what happens and uh, how far we can go. Oh, like, I'm people. actually I'm like totally down for that. Is there a way we can like make an undercover video of it as well? Ooh, that would be fun. We should also definitely invite Buddha. Buddha or AKA James, yeah, James I'm, the dentist. I'm, I'm more than sure he's going to want to hang the, out the with us. The problem is, is that if you, go, if I'm a bartender and you're like, hi, my name's Ryan Blake. I'm in marketing. I'll be like, cool. I didn't ask. Move on. Like, like yeah. you have to be Buddha Baker for, for that to like matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or otherwise I'm going to be like. Laughing is disappointed at you for not going with an obscure athlete name. So whenever people ask, you can say, no, not that one at the end of every introduction. Oh, that is really. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, Yeah. Man. My name's Jake Gyllenhaal, but not that one. <laughs> Wait, what's that would like be a, awesome? What's oh, my name's Aaron Andrews, but not that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Giselle, my queen, saying Marie needs to start a book club. I'm down. I'm gonna start a Seriously. book club. PHNX reads is our next mission. Seriously, uh, I'll be starting a book club. I actually do read though, so I mean, it's not that far off. Like I do actually have the Shadow and Bone series uh, in my in my bedside. I table. cannot read. I cannot pick up and you read more read. than like two. you just don't know how to read. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> I cannot read fiction. Really, uh, fiction's my favorite. Fiction and sci-fi are like my Kid favorite. Sci-fi is your one of your. Yes, I literally, I have the I Harry Potter book day. set, but it's in a like a case, like how they take to Hogwarts, and I put stickers on it to decorate my Hogwarts case, and it's the hardbacks of Harry Potter, like all all the books in see, my hard case. Like I'm that nerdy. See, I wasn't allowed. I think that's where I get this from. I I wasn't oh, yeah, allowed to read allowed Harry to read Potter it. or anything like that. So that's probably why I stuck with the freaking not with the freaking uh, nonfiction. Yeah, but it made me who I am. Yeah, no, I cannot unless I'm feeling like I'm learning something about myself or others through nonfiction, I cannot last more than like two words. 
I use reading as an escape to escape my horrible reality. <laughs> no, like, we're done. We're done. <laughs> okay. Bro. Oh my God. And on that note, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Phoenix Sports Podcast. We have so many exciting things coming for you next week, Cheerson. I'm so freaking amped. The show is going to look a lot different. It's going to be different. It's going to be so fun. I'm so excited, Cheerson. Are you excited for our new show? Well, same show, n- new concept. You're no longer talking to Cheerson. You're now talking to This Ryan. is now Ryan. I'm thrilled. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned for the announcement about the new, the newly revamped Phoenix Sports podcast that it's going to debut next Friday. We're super excited to bring you this new concept that I think everybody is really going to like. Hopefully, if you don't like it, don't tell me because I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, for being the best audience ever. To everybody in the comments, we love you so much. You guys are our PHNX fam for life. Tristan, do you have anything else to add? Um, I just want to say have a fantastical weekend. Fantastical. Bye.